Hey, welcome to Chase Oaks Online, wherever you're watching uh, today's message, Roku, Apple TV, YouTube, Chase Oaks app. We are so glad that you are tuning in. Uh, Jeff uh, was slated to uh, start a series uh, called Going There, looking at a fresh take on some issues uh, that divide us. Uh, But unfortunately, uh, Jeff's brother has had a a pretty long battle with cancer, and uh, he was given news that the family needed to... Uh, come to Alabama for it. Uh, it seems that it's going to be near the end uh, of his life. And so our thoughts and our prayers are with Jeff and his family. And before we dive into the, to today's message, um, I'd love for you to just take a moment uh, with me and, uh, and pray for Jeff and his family. God, I thank you so much uh, for Stephen, Jeff's brother, and Jeff's whole family. God, I pray uh, that you would be with him right now at peace would enter into wherever they are, wherever they're watching this right now, Lord. I just pray that you would be with them and that they would truly sense your presence uh, this week. Be with them. Bless them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, In trying to think about uh, what would be an appropriate message as we begin uh, this journey this fall to have some very tough conversations as we're going to be going there in the next couple of weeks. Uh, this is a message I thought would be appropriate as some somewhat of a pre-series message, and I've entitled it, Don't Judge Me. And the reason I've entitled it that is because, uh, if I'm honest, 2020 has been one of those years where it sort of brought out some things in us that perhaps we didn't know were there. And I've actually found myself internally judging others. And sometimes it's something big. Sometimes it's something small. I never thought that if someone sneezed in my midst that I would have an issue with that. You know what I mean? Like if someone sneezed on the elevator and you look at them like, are you, what is wrong with you? My son sneezed the other day. I said, go in the bathroom right now. Wash your hands. Well, what is going like? Like there is just this thing in us like, man, like we're, we're kind of kind of triggered. And then when we get into some deeper conversations, man, there, there can be some some internal judging going on. And I think scripture helps us with this. And, and, and this is this is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter seven, verse one. Do not judge or you, too, will be judged. And so. Now, a lot of people take this scripture and go, well, you know what? We should never judge. But Jesus isn't asking us not to never have judgment or use judgment. He's going, listen, however you dish it out is how it's going to come back to you. But when we use this phrase, and some, for some of us, this is, this is our favorite phrase. Don't judge me. I, I, I love using it, especially when I want to get out of jail free. You know, like it, it's the it's the the line I use whenever I, I want to be dismissed from a conversation. I have a confession for you, Chase Oaks. Uh, I've got an Amazon Prime issue. OK, like I just I'd be ordering stuff for no reason at all. And it's usually like these small electronics that add no value to my life whatsoever, but they looked interesting online and they can come to your house in like three hours. I'm like, this is great. So last Christmas, uh, I bought what's called an electromagnetic ab stimulator. Here's how it works. You hook up tens units to your stomach. And if you do this for 20 minutes a day for about four weeks while watching Netflix, you can get a six pack. I thought this is awesome. Okay. I thought we got to do this. Of course. Right. And so I order it and I was praying to the living God that I would reach the door when the Amazon dude dropped off the package 
before my wife did because my wife knows I'd be ordering stuff that we absolutely don't need to be ordering. But she got to it before I did and she picked it up. She looked at it and she just dropped it on my desk. And I was like, look, listen, lady, don't 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 come at me right now. OK. And so when, when I had to put the unit on the. Listen, this TENS unit, this ab stimulator, it loses its stickiness after one use, you know. Like, this wasn't a great buy. But, like, as I'm, like, putting them on my ass, my wife just walks by, and you know exactly what I said to her. Don't judge me, okay? Leave me alone, okay? But but when Jesus uses this these phrase, now, whenever you see Jesus say anything, it's important to look at it within its context. I always encourage people, you want to read the verse before it and the verse after it to go, okay, what, what, it, what exactly is happening in what Jesus is trying to share with us? Uh, this phrase that Jesus used, do not judge, um, is found in the Sermon on the Mount. This is considered the greatest sermon of all time by scholars. Scholars believe that this sermon took about uh, three days to deliver. So we're, we're kind of get obviously it doesn't take three days to read it. So we're, we're getting sort of the cliff notes of what I like to consider a three day conference. And Jesus is covering everything. OK, how to be blessed, divorce, adultery, material. I mean, he's covering the gamut and he gets to this portion of scripture right before he says do not judge he says therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own and then he moves in to do not judge you might be asking yourself how in the world are those two things connected worrying is all about us and concerns about what's going on with us however judging is, is really worrying about others. In other words, Jesus is going, why are you worried about them? Like, why are you allowing them to sort of grind your gear? Why? What? No. Listen, how about this? Stop worrying about yourself and them. And then he goes on to say this after do not judge. says, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And the measure you use, it will be measured for you. You know what I found to be true about each and every one of us? We like seeing bad guys get caught. I mean, have you ever seen somebody speed past you and you prayed that they got pulled over? You know what I mean? You're like, oh, God, I prayed that there's a police officer right over this hill and they pull this Mustang over right now. But here's what I find so interesting. None of us like getting a ticket. None of us. No one, no one wakes up. Well, man, I can't wait to get a ticket today. No one does that. So yet sometimes we can want something to happen to someone else. We would never want to happen to us. Jesus is going, hey, you know that mercy that you want to have? You know that grace you want to receive in your life? You should live your life in a way where you extend that to others. Today I want to give you three principles to think about before judging. Number one, beware of judging books by their covers. Oh, don't haven't we all done this? I know, I know, I do. I, I love what John chapter seven verse twenty four. Jesus says, "Do not judge by appearances, but judge with the right judgment." I mean, how many times have we gotten it wrong? How many times has somebody gotten it wrong about us? You want to know who I get it wrong about a lot? Target workers. Okay. 
Listen, there's the dress code at Target. I have no idea what it, it's. It's wear red. OK, just wear red. You can wear red overalls. It don't matter what it is. As long as it's red, you can work at Target. OK, I saw a guy in a Jordan jersey stocking shelves and I said, that's a Chicago Bulls jersey. Where is your uniform? Sir? It's like all I got to do is wear red. Then I saw another man in a red polo and I said, sir, do y'all have any more Lysol? He said, I don't work here. I said, great. Who wears a red shirt to Target? You, bro. Okay, my bad. I judged you. Okay, I misjudged the situation. Okay, like it's it, it's everywhere. I mean, single folk. Okay, you know, you felt the judgment from married people a lot. You've also felt the judgment from your other single church friends. You ever you ever been single in a small group and you tell that small group here at Chase Oaks that you're dating somebody from another church? They just look at you like you gonna cheat on us like that. You gonna cheat on us like that? You just gonna go date them over there? We don't even know what they believe over there. Like, like, I mean, you just, you just feel it. You want to know the most judgmental place in the world? Anytime parents are bringing their children together, it don't matter what it is. Soccer game, people are judging cleats. They judging coolers. Oh, so you just gonna pick that up at 7-Eleven? You don't even want to get them a real juice box? I mean, like, you can be judged on the brownies that you bring to a birthday party. Listen, my son had a Christmas carol deal, and like, you, you, all the parents show up, all the kids line up, you know, Frosty, the snowman. They're doing the whole deal. I drove my son to daycare, okay? I drove him to this little recital, if you will, okay? We get there, and then they go into this room to put on these little outfits, and I go and sit with the rest of the parents, like a very normal parent. I'm not standing out. I'm just 6'3", but I'm not standing out. And so my son walks in, walks in and goes, Dad, you came! Oh my gosh! And runs over and gives me a hug. I'm like, bro, I drove you here. Now you're making me look like I'm some absentee father. Now I gotta explain my schedule to everybody else because you just felt the judgment. Like, do you just never come show up for your kid? I'm like, he rode with me! I mean, it, it's, it's everywhere, right? Jesus is gone. Man, we should walk in rooms a little bit different because don't we all kind of have this thing of where we can feel like we just know people? We just, we just, we got it down, pat. Oh, I know them. And, and I love uh, scripture says in Colossians, clothe yourself in tender hearted mercy. I believe for us to clothe ourselves in tender hearted mercy, we actually have to take off judgment. Because judgment walks in a room and says, I already know who you are. I can, tell by, I can tell who you voted for by how you talk. Oh, I know exactly how you spend money. I know exactly what you think about this. No, no, no. Mercy walks in a room and goes, I need to know your story. I need to know your story. I need to know your story. And I need to know your story. Two completely different modes of living because when we walk around and think we already know somebody you want to know what that's called it's called pre-judging you know what pre-judging is prejudice it's judging someone before you know anything about them is there anybody in 2020 that you have made a calculation about that you actually don't know. When, 
we judge others, we position ourselves as know them all. I'm not. We're not. Nobody is. The only all-knowing person I know, his name is Jesus. All the rest of us, we're just humans. And I think it's our duty to walk in and out of spaces clothed in mercy and not prejudging anybody. I believe judgment assumes curiosity learns. Curiosity has been the name of the game for me lately. Instead of filling in the blank on what I think I know about others, I've been going, I wonder if that's true. And because of that, I have been learning things about my best friends that I assumed I knew. But because I'm just going, man, I'm curious how you process what you see on social media. I'm curious about how you process what you see on the news. I'm curious how you're processing COVID-19 and a pandemic and your kids being homeschooled and your kids going to school and getting back to Texas football. Hello. And so we're all processing things just a little bit different. But the danger thinking we know everything about everybody is we rob ourselves of the opportunity to learn anything about anybody. I love what Jesus goes on to say in Matthew chapter 7. He says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You and I, we are professional experts at seeing other people's problems and struggle to see our own. If I were to pull up anybody that's married right now onto the stage and I were to say, can you tell me some of the issues that your spouse has? They would fill up this sermon. They could do a whole series. They could do a collection of talks. I can go, well, how long do you want? How, what, 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 what kind of time are we talking? I, I could do that. I could rattle that off. No notes. Easy. But if I were to say, hey, could you tell us what some of your issues are? Like, you know, it's a good question. I don't know. I haven't thought about that lately. It's, it's like we, we get very confused. We get very blurry when it comes to seeing our own issues, which... If it's blurry there, it makes us ask this question. How can we think we're seeing other people's issues so clearly if our vision is blurred by our own issues? Because you know exactly what's wrong with your spouse. You know exactly what's wrong with your kids. You know exactly what's wrong with your in-laws. You know exactly what those other people that vote differently. We know exactly what's wrong with everybody else. So how can we really know? If we're seeing clearly, how can we get the speck out of our own eye? I have a recommendation, ladies and gentlemen. It's truthful friends. It's truthful friends. Some people in our life that can help us see what we can not see. And here's what I've learned about an exercise like this. Honesty is best received by invitation only. Honesty is best received by invitation only. In other words, if I ain't asked you to be honest with me, that's probably not going to go well. But if I've invited you in to say, man, I could be, what, what, what am I missing? Am I not seeing this 
clearly? Can you, can you help me? In, in this season, we, we've got to... We've got to change our tone a little bit in a divisive culture to just go, man, we can express opinions in a way that's going, man, I'm not on a high horse. I'm pretty curious. I'm actually trying to learn. Here's what I, I you can write these down. I, I think it'd be helpful. I think you should ask a few close friends this. Hey, what are my blind spots? What can you see that I cannot? How can I improve. How can I get better? When we do this, we we position ourselves to receive. Scripture tells us that wounds from a friend can be trusted. And so sometimes what someone has to say to us hurts, but if we've invited it in, it it definitely softens the blow. Man, I'll never forget, I asked asked a friend this a a couple weeks ago, and uh, he's a sound guy. Um, at a studio where I was recording some messages, and uh, it, it's they offer me a handheld to speak or a headset. And he said, "What do you want to do today?" I said, "Handheld." He goes, "Whoo! Thank God." I said, "Why, man? Is there something you you, you need to share with me, man? I, I, you don't like it when I use a headset? What, what's the deal?" He goes, "I don't know how to tell you this, man." I go, "Dude, man, lay it on me, man. I'm open, open book." He said, "You got small ears." I said, "What?" He said, man, the headset, it doesn't work with people with small ears, and you got small ears. So every time you say uh, a handheld, we get excited. You know, we're like, okay, great, we're not going to have any mic issues. I'm like, but man, like, but, but I got small ears. I'm, I'm 34 years old. Ain't nobody ever told me I had small ears. It's like, you ain't never asked. You know, it's like, okay, I get it. Man, we've all got something in our life that we just aren't aware of. And here's what I want you to know. When you ask this question and someone's actually honest with you, how you respond to criticism you ask for the first time will determine if there's ever a second time. Because if you blow up, what? No, you crazy. I, what? I can't believe you would say that after all I've done for you. Okay, that's the last time they're going to be honest with you. You, you, you want to position yourself as humble as you possibly can. This is how we get the speck out of our own eye. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to... We have to beware of judging books by their covers because we wouldn't want someone judging us by our cover either. Number two, the the second principle I think we have to think about before judging. Beware of judging outsiders. This this is huge. Because 1 Corinthians 5.12, Paul's writing to the church of Corinth. He says, what business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside the church? Now, I get a a wonderful opportunity to spend time with people who um, wouldn't consider themselves church people. Uh, They're not Christ followers. You might be watching today. You might say, hey, my friend tricked me into watching this link. That's great. Man, glad glad you're tuning in. Uh, What I like to do when I spend time with people that aren't church people is I like to find out what they think about church people. And I found that our reputation isn't always what we think it is. In fact, uh, I did a little exercise. I typed in, why are Christians so? And let's just see what Google would fill in for me. Okay, you should do this at home. This is what happens. It says, why are Christians so negative and judgmental? More people are asking this question to Google than why are Christians so generous? That doesn't make any sense. My neighbor's always trying to mow my lawn, wash my car. I'm like, what's what's going on? I, 
we should be known for our love. And I think we're doing a better job of it, especially in the DFW area, trying to be here for good and make an impact in the community. But when you talk about Big C Church and talking about our brand for outsiders, man, I think if we just got this verse right about not judging outsiders, I think it would change the game. (laughs) In fact, when Paul's going, hey, what business is it of yours to judge those outside the church? (laughs) It's none of our business. Sometimes what we do is, is we have expectations for people that aren't Christians to act like Christians. But first century Christians expected insiders to behave like insiders. So we, we shouldn't be shocked when people who don't follow Jesus act like people who don't follow Jesus. Uh, I mean, here's the deal. I'm, I feel bad for some of my friends that don't feel like they can come to church because they felt prejudged. I mean, just ask anyone who's ever had an affair trying to go to church. And I'm going, nobody said anything to you. They go, I just felt it. It just, it just, it just felt like I was judged. And here's the deal. Uh, the plan from the beginning, from when Christ ascended into heaven to say, hey, all right, hey, you guys take it from here. Here was the plan. Love people like crazy. Somewhere along the lines, we got to twist it, believing that we could point our finger and judge people into a relationship with Jesus. When has that ever worked? We all use this phrase, get your act together. Has anyone ever done that from that phrase? Like, has anyone said, get your act together, and you went, you're right. Okay. Like, no one does that. Our plan is love. And I just want to say sorry if you're, if you're a person that has ever felt judged as an outsider. You didn't sign up for our rules. Guess what? We believe we have something pretty special here. We believe that we have what we call good news. We believe marriages can get back together. We believe people can get healed. We believe that you can have peace in the middle of a pandemic. We believe that joy is available. We believe that new life can be started whenever there is brokenness. Yes, we believe that we have what we call good news. And if you ever got a different message than that, I apologize. I apologize. And and I have very low expectations for people that don't follow Jesus. Not because I think lowly of people that don't follow Jesus. It's because I know who I would be if I did not follow Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, if I wasn't a follower of Jesus, I don't understand people that sin a little bit. I don't get that. I'm like, what? No, 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 no. If I'm a sin, I'm going gusto. Okay? Like, like we're going to turn all the way. Like, I'm going... Wait, like, if, if I was not a follower of Christ, I would be a looting mastermind, okay? Like, like I would have a whole deal. I don't understand people that were looting the dollar store. I'm like, why? Let's go to North Park, Stonebride. Like, let's do it. We're going to do it. Let's do it. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't under. Like, I, but I, I know who I would be without the grace of God. Of course, Paul's going, man, it, it's none of our business judge outsiders they didn't sign up for our standards they didn't sign up for our rules our job for them is to love them but what we should do is we should hold each other accountable this passage happens in in corinthians and they had a kind of a motto basically what happened in corinth stayed in corinth okay this was not this was a very immoral town and and in fact we see in verse one it says it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you 
and of a kind that even pagans do not tolerate. Okay, so Paul's going, hey, 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 come here real fast. Let me, let me explain something. Um, there's something going on in your church that even people outside of the church would go, uh, no, nah, we, we, that, that's bad even for us. Okay, even for us that don't even follow Jesus, like that, that, that would be bad for us. You're going, man, what, did, what, did, what report did Paul get? Here's, here's what he says. He says, a man is sleeping with his father's wife. And you are proud. Paul's going, whoa, 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 whoa. You're going to point the finger at somebody who's an outsider, but yet the insider is doing stuff that even outsiders would go, that's crazy. You don't do that. That's nasty. I mean, like, I mean, just look at, it. I mean, his father's wife. I mean, it looks like this is what is a stepwife, second wife, third wife. It's like, what do you do? But this is the person that's in church and they're proud. This is like the small group lead, worship lead. We don't know who the guy was, but they were proud. I mean, he goes on to say, shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning and have put out of your fellowship the man who has been doing this? Then he, then he gets into what business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? Now, I know we all want to say don't judge me. I know we all want to put some distance between us and some, some tough conversations. And I, I get that we live in a politically correct world. But what's dangerous about living in a politically correct society is that we can fall for the trap of never calling anyone out on anything. I don't say, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. But if you're on the inside, if you call yourself a believer, some things aren't okay. It's not okay for you to cheat on your spouse in front of us. If you think we're going to be proud of that, we're not going to do that. And sometimes... We have a speck in our eye that we're not willing to face. And and I, I want you to know this. Tough, godly conversations aren't meant to put us down. They're meant to call us up. And sometimes in a small group, we got to look at each other and go, I see something that is scary. I want to invite the worship team to make their word back. The third thing I think we have to be aware of is carrying a judgmental spirit. What I know uh, about this is, is, is uh, something I want you to see in First Peter verse 5. It says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. How much you know about a judgmental spirit is this. It's, it's, it's not always heard, it's felt. Some of us are going, I didn't say anything. It's a spirit. It's, it's, it's something that is, that is felt. I mean, ultimately, what I want you to know is this isn't about us looking less judgmental. It's about being less judgmental. It's about actually going, Lord, I realize I got some flaws. Yet you still love me. It's 
hard to reconcile that, even theologically. Like, God, I keep, I'm a mess of a person. How do you continue to just constantly love me? How does that, it's, it's really hard to judge other people when you have self-awareness of what's going on with, with you. I mean, this weekend, I, my hope and prayer is that all of us would ask God this. Is, is there anything in me that needs to be humbled? Man, before we have some tough conversations about race, before we have some tough conversations about politics, as we do our best to open up God's word and say, Lord, would you lead us and guide us? Would you not steer me in the way that I want to go or that lines up with what I've already been taught? But Lord, would you steer my life in the direction that you want it to go before we go there? I pray that we have a moment in our life where we humble ourselves long enough to go, Lord, may I walk into these rooms. May I have these conversations with a spirit that says, I need to know your story. 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 And hopefully someone is quiet long enough that they can eventually hear my story in a culture where everyone's trying to get their voice heard may we be people that pause long enough to say I'm not getting in the rat race to be heard I want to be the best listener in the room because there's something going on with someone that I don't know I'm not a know-them-all. Man, I can try and be a hear-them-all. I can try and be a listen-to-them-all. I hope that's our spirit in this season. I hope that's our spirit in our home. I hope that's our spirit at our jobs, even if we're just on a Zoom call. You can feel judgment over Zoom, okay? The Internet catches that, all right? Man, I hope that for us, we go... And that we would operate in a way where we go, you know what? Oh, I want to I wanna know when to judge and when not to judge. Sometimes we have to have tough conversations with people. I pray that we would be people that have those tough conversations with grace and humility. And man, I, I, I pray that we'd start with us. That we would look internally to the Lord. If there's anything in me that is judgmental. God, would you remove that from me? Father, I thank you so much for this amazing church. I pray, God, that we would look within ourselves, that we would humble ourselves long enough to say, Lord, remove anything in us, anything in us that walks in a room and makes assumptions about another person. God, may we be forever curious about the humans and neighbors and colleagues and family members and siblings that you have put in our life to learn more about you and what you have put on this earth. God, I pray that as we get ready to go into a series where we're going to go there on some tough issues, God, I pray that we would clothe ourselves in mercy and that we would take off any judgment as we grow together body of Christ. In these next few moments, God, I pray that you would put peace in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to uh, sing a song called Peace, Peace, Bill. And uh, that's, my, that's my prayer for each and every person today. 
this weekend is that there would be an insane amount of peace as we can sometimes have difficult conversations. I pray that there would be a peace on the inside of us that permeates to the world around us. Why don't you go ahead and stand and you can worship with us wherever you're watching.